Yishkoyach to everybody for being Mikadish this uh, this day of the turkey. Mikadish it through taking the opportunity of, uh, of this day off to sit down and toil for for two hours in learning and Yishkoyach uh, for the for the people that, that donated the breakfast. Um, Okay, so um, we have here an opportunity to understand the the Pasuk, Pasuk in, in Parshish Barashish, actually appears a couple of times in similar Pasuk, where Hashem blesses creatures, blesses them by saying, Fruvu. And... Uh, the Ramban explains, Rashi explains a bit differently, but we're going to go with the Mahalach of the Ramban right now. The Ramban says, what does it mean that Hashem blessed them with Puruvu? It means that Hashem gave them the power of Puruvu. I mean, he, 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 he empowered them with Puruvu. Just like all the, the utterances in the Sheshit Mei Hashem says something, it comes into being. So, so to this, that, that, that Hashem saying it, uh, brought, brought it into being. So, uh, the, the obvious question is, <coughs> first of all, according to the Ramban, why, so why is it called a bracha? Let it just be another Amira. Second of all, um, plants, which were never given this bracha, so how are they reproducing? Do, uh, if we understand Puruvu as reproduction. Perhaps there's going to be something else which we might classify as reproduction, but it's not called a Koha Holoda. See what the Koha Holoda is. Okay, so we, ha- so we have a Sugi over here. The Sugi is that the Mishnah in Shmona Sharatsim says that one who wounds or damages one of the uh, a creepy crawler is uh, exempt, but the the Gemara makes the deal, makes the inference that b- but if you were to kill it, you'd be chayiv. So Rabbi Yirmiyah says, yeah, you know what it is? It's Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer is a big machmir when it comes to the the malacha of Natilas neshama, and uh, he holds that it's. By anything that has a neshama, anything that is alive, so if you, if you kill it, so that that's that's uh, that's the malach of the tilos neshama, similar to what they did in the Mishkan of killing the uh, of uh, shechting of taking the life of the uh, of the of the rams. Um, but the chachamim that they would say that no, you be potter in this, and the Ramban explains because uh, since they don't have these creepy crawlers, they don't have uh, bones and sinews. They don't have. They don't have skeletons. They have exoskeletons. They don't have endoskeletons, right? So, so they don't have uh, enough of a life sustain ability to sustain their lives in a long term fashion. Uh, that that they that, that this is not called. It's not called enough to alive to be alive. Meaning, the what was happening in the Mishkan was was taking the life of something that was truly alive in in, in the fullest sense of the word. I mean. Uh, a ram, it's a, 
that, that's the example. That's the, that's the that's a real malacha of Nitzvos Neshama. And uh, where where's these things? They're alive, but on a, on a much lower level. That's not going to meet the criteria of Nitzvos Neshama. That's how Rabbi Yirmi explains uh, the machlokes Rabbi Liezer and the Chachamim. Rav Yosef argues, and he says that no, that even the Chachamim would agree to Rabbi Eliezer that uh, they are not allowed to kill Shashratzim and Shakatsim, the these creepy crawlers. Because the Chachamim, when they argued Rabbi Eliezer, was by Akina, and Akina, Chachamim held, is not part of a Rava. It doesn't, it, it doesn't uh, have this Koach Holodah. So, so, so there they said that it you could kill on Shabbos. But other and but other shirotsim and shakatsim that they do have a kolcholada, even though they don't have uh, endoskeleton, they don't have gidim vatsamas, but it's still it's enough. Uh, it's a, they're, they're not enough to alive that, that you're not allowed to kill them on Shabbos. So it comes out that we have three levels of how alive something is. We have something that is just barely alive, the basic level of life, which is it has a neshama, it is alive, has an, uh, it, it, it's a, it, it's it's uh, in the words of Chazal, it's a misnoeya. It's something that, that, that moves around, it, it travels, it goes, it, it, it goes after food, it goes after uh, things that it, that it wants, it's alive. Yeah. Unlike a plant, of course, which a plant, um, it does not have an iser of Nitilos Neshama. Um, so uh, then one level up from that is if, it's pru- if, if, if it has the core of Purvu, if it has the ability to, Koha Hanolud, the ability to, Give birth to the next generation, and then the highest level is that uh, that it has a endoskeleton that it's uh, that it's something that that is uh, literally like uh, like the like the ayal. Uh, truth is, I don't know. I mean, is it possible that something would have an endoskeleton but not provu? I don't know. But certainly, the majority, the, the big difference between them is sharsharatz and shikatsim, which do not have a skeleton, which means they don't live for a long time, they're very short-lived little critters, but they do have approval. That, that would be the nafkamina between them. And uh, just one more point is obviously the kina, as being something that's not approval, is not, not to say the kina is the only creature in the entire existence that doesn't have approval. Anything that would not be approval, uh, the chachamim would, would exempt one, or even permit one to kill on Shabbos. Right? <coughs> The kina is the, was a standard example because the kina has uh, been man's pest for a very long time and it's something that man kills on a regular basis. Okay, so... Um, the, 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 in the ensuing discussion, we have, uh, we have a machlikas... Uh, so Abaya asks a series of kashas on Rav Yosef to try to knock him off his pshat. And seemingly come back to Rabbi Yirmiyas Pshat, right? And so, so he's asking, "What do you mean?" But uh, we have statement. First of all, you, I learned from we learned from you that uh, that the uh, actually, if, if you look it up, the Rav is, is initially a statement from Rav from a few generations earlier that uh, th- that, that refers to s- something called Beitzekinim, egg, eggs of lice. Oh, oh, sorry, take that back. Eggs of kinim. Yeah, uh, don't approach the jury. Uh, so um, the uh, so you see, so you see that that they, that, that, they, that they have proof. And Rebbe says, no, that's that's not that's not what he meant. He he meant it's a different species. It just happens to be called basic kingdom. 
And uh, he says, oh, but I have a proof from Baraisa, which is a few generations earlier. It also says, it says, it says no, that same thing. That's, uh, that's just, that's just a, a different man. So, hopefully everybody heard the question. The question is obvious, right? Is, just go and check. Right? What, what's, the, what's the problem? Right? Just, uh, go, go, go and look. Do you see? Do you, you know, uh, Chazal were not shy about examining things very carefully. The Gemara says that when Rava wanted to know about different mumim that animals get, different, different blemishes that animals get, a bachor, it makes a difference if, if it's a blemish will heal or won't heal. So Rava went, he spent 18 months observing animals how their different wounds heal or don't heal, so he could know the, the, the reality well. So over here, go and check. You know, having lived in Eretz Yisrael, uh, um, if, if the topic is about lice, if that's what Kedem are, right? So every housewife knows perfectly well what, whether they do or don't have eggs. It's something that's very, very observable. But let's say, let's say we don't know yet what we're talking about. But if it's observable, and Rav Yosef knows for a fact that... the, the that they don't that they don't have eggs, so just show just show the same thing to Abaye, right? And if Abaye has a kasha, so what's Abaye's kasha? So Abaye can't, himself can't see, so so if it's not visible, and Abaye is relying on oh, you know, nowadays we can't tell. There's no ability to tell anymore. But I have in tradition, we have a tradition that, that, that they're called back then when the people were wiser, they knew. Nowadays we can't tell anymore, so that's why Abaye is asking the kasha. Maybe you'll answer like that. It's also not such a great approach because if a buy saying nowadays we can't know, but back then they used to know. So how's Rav Yosef so confident? How's Rav Yosef saying no? They're telling you they don't have they they're not prove who. I all those uh, earlier statements. That's not what it meant. It sounds like Rav Yosef is pretty confident in himself. So it's like a it's like a, a disagreement in uh, in in what's happening on the ground. Go check what, what, what's the problem. So number one, number two is. Um, we're going to see soon that uh, that so, okay. So I guess we'll see it now. So it's a machlekes chachamim, meaning machlekes rishonim. Rav Yosef Mirolins and the Rabbeinu Tam. What the kina is? Rav Yosef Mirolins says it's a flea, and Rabbeinu Tam says it's a louse. I and the Tosos over there brings rise lekano lekan. Why? What the what the different um, opinions were. So, according to Rabbeinu Tam, which is how we paskin, the tekina is a louse. How can you say that, that, that Rav Yosef didn't know that they, that they had eggs? It's so blatantly obvious. The eggs are pretty big. They're in the children's hair. You just look in the hair. You see little louse crawling around. You see eggs all over the place. And, and, and you not only see you, you, know, you see two different lights even you see a male louse and a female louse in the same head with, with the eggs that's where, that's where they live they, lice don't even have the ability to jump from one head to another to like leave eggs and then leave they, once they're on the head that's it they stay on the head so in order for them to be reproducing there has to be a male and a female louse on the head of the person with the eggs there present and, and the eggs hatch the eggs are called nits, they hatch, and from them come out nymphs, which are little tiny lice. Same, looks exactly like a louse, but just much, much smaller. So you're literally like a little family of lice, and every head of hair 
There's a festival with lice. Literally has a cute little family living over there. Okay? <laughs> so, and not only that, so you say, oh, that's because we're so sophisticated nowadays. We, we actually um, have 20-20 vision. Back then, they were all kind of like semi-blind, like moles. You know, they, they, they couldn't see anything back then, right? So Aristotle, who lived... Hundreds of years before Rav Yosef, he was actually he was a contemporary of, of Rav Shimon Tzadik, right? And Rav Shimon Tzadik was from the first generation of of, of Talmud. He's before the Zugos, right? He's he's literally from the Shiarim Anshiknes Sagdola. He's from from the he was the last member of the Anshiknes Sagdola. And Rav Yosef is already a fourth generation. It's four hundred five hundred years between them, something like that. Aristotle. 500 years ago, in his scientific books, wrote that lice lay eggs. He observed it. It was just common scientific knowledge. So the fact that anybody nowadays is, is asking a kasha on Chazal and saying, oh, those nice sages who were living back in the dark times when no one knew anything is very cute. What they observed. But now, we've, now we know. Now we know that lice lay eggs. Uh, hello? Aristotle wrote it two thousand years, you know, two and a half thousand years ago. Okay, so just chill out. You, you, you didn't discover anything new, right? It was already known, and Ravelsi was fully aware. It would be very difficult to say that not only did Ravelsi not bother to look in any of his children's heads, right? But that he also um, never actually bothered to like read any books about these things. He just just made a. Uh, a, a ruling. What? Was Rav Yosef blind? Rav Yosef went blind. Ah, but he wasn't blind. No. Just got No, he... And... First of all, even if he had been born blind, I'm assuming he wouldn't have been going on his own observations. Hopefully he would have consulted with someone with sight. But besides which, he went blind because he tried to... He tried to... When... when I believe when Rav was Nifter. So different Talmudim of his took on to try to imitate some of his uh, behaviors, one of which was to never look beyond his Daladamas, and Rav Yosef tried to take that on, and Lo'olo Biyado, um, he, he didn't manage to succeed until until Hashem helped him and, and helped him to go blind. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're talking, we're talking about the pillars of the world, we're talking about the, you know, the, 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 the wisest and, and, and of all men who took they're learning so seriously. This is Dvar Hashem, and you're telling me that he's disregarding the scientific knowledge of his time. He's disregarding that which which the eye readily sees, and uh, and and saying things like this. Literally, any, anyone that would be proposing such a thing is uh, is Makish Magideha. Um, okay, so. So the so the Rambam so the Rambam paskins paskins like the uh, like the Rabbeinu Tam that the kina is a louse and that the parosh that the Gemara says is part of a rova that's that's the flea that's the shachora hakofetzos that's that's the black jumping flea um, and that's how Shulchan Aruch paskins so now the Rambam adds uh, some some key things so the Rambam first of all says that the that the parosh that uh, that it comes from the offer, right? But the, the way the Birchalach understands the Ram is that it's still called Puruvu. I mean, the Ram says that things the Sharotsim, shame Parin Varovin, things that, that they um, are fruitful multiply, 
if it's whether it be from a zakhar and a keva, or whether it be that they come from the offer, yeah, like paroshim, so you're not allowed to kill them. That's that's how the birchalacha understands to read the Rambam. And and what does it mean that they come from the? What, what does it mean that they come from the offer? It means they come from eggs that are in the offer. They're eggs that are laid in the offer. Now. So first, first let's, let's, let's explain the, the, the first opinion of Regosef Muralins, who actually understood that the, that the kina is a flea. Now, fleas are different than, than, than lice, very different. Fleas, first of all, they drop their eggs uh, on the ground, meaning they, they drop their eggs, obviously, wherever they are, which is probably on the, on the dog that they're, that they're living on or whatever it is, but those eggs are designed to roll off. They're like little ball, little ping-pong balls, and they... They roll off in all directions. They go on the ground, and they go in. They and on the ground, first of all, they're tiny, and they're in the offer, so it's indeed very difficult to see. Although, although Aristotle did spot them as well. Just <laughs> he was a very keen observer, so he did spot, spot the fleas uh, laying eggs as well. But those are those are difficult to observe. But more importantly, then afterwards, after the the, the flea eggs are there, then they turn to uh, uh, pupa. Uh, which are little, basically the, the little larvae turn into like little husks, like little shells around themselves, and they stay dormant in the ground for like six months until a suitable host comes by. And then they break out of their shell and they jump on the host. So, um, they, can, they can sense the heat uh, of the host that's walking by. But the point is, theoretically, one, one, one could say that, that, uh, that, that since it's... Uh, Rufkheim Kanievsky says such an approach. Others um, report Roshalma Zalman Auerbach is saying such an approach that something that is not perceivable to the eyes, even if, even if uh, not, not perceivable means invisible, but something that's not a part of, uh, of man's reality, re- recognized reality, that's enough, that's enough to make it that, that it's not going to register on the halachic radar screen. So being that the flea that the these eggs go in the, go in the offer, go in the ground, and and then the, and then this and then this uh, this uh, pupa stays in there for uh, for for who knows how long, and, and it only gets activated if something comes by. So it's considered that as, as, as if it comes out of the ground. It's considered as not as not having purvu. It's considered as it, as as, uh, as just quote unquote spontaneous. Uh, uh, generation. So it means in the eyes of halacha, that, that's that's how it is. Even though Aristotle noticed them laying them, lay, laying these eggs, but uh, that's not that's not uh, we're not going to reckon with that in halacha, and that's why Ravios of Miralins understood that. that, that, that I mean, according, according to Ravios of that's why Ravios understood that one could kill kinim because they're not recognized in the eyes of halacha as being provable. That's one could say such a thing. Rabbeinu Tam argues, does Rabbeinu Tam hold that fleas have Purubu? Yeah, he says it's a Purush. So how does he, I mean, based on your description, how does Rabbeinu Tam explain that that's Purubu, but right. lice is not? Oh, okay, so, so, why lice is not, we're going to discuss in a minute, but why that one is, it would be pretty straightforward. At, at the end of the day, there's a Tati flea and a, and a Mami flea, and they no, make, they saying, make, in light of his, right, in light of his, it is visible just because it's not something that, they, 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 that you um, that you 
you know, easily see in your day-to-day life, right? The, the, at the end of the day, it is visible. It's, it's observable. Me. So, uh, so Chazal judged this to be... No, no, definitely not. So that will not be the approach. Me, that's what I'm saying. This approach, although this approach may work for Revios of Miralins, it may appro- work to explain that if the kina was a, uh, is a flea, that it, it, it may work, this approach, but it certainly it would be extraordinarily difficult to, to make such a claim by, by the lice. Again, like I said, because the lice are right there. The exclusion of fleas, meaning... Right. Explain our time's position based on the spiritual right. problematic. Right. Fleas certainly would be less Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Uh, but uh, you know, but, but luckily is that uh, is that the the Rambam tells us very clearly that the that the issue with with lice is that is that they come from zaya. They come from sweat. Whereas the parosh, the the flea comes from offer comes from from the from the from the ground so and 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 sweat puts it into the category of rotten fruit um, excrement uh, decaying meat all forms of decay decomposition rot all these so the Rams has all the the uh, creepy crawlers that come out of anything like that anything is decaying uh, those are all not Purvu. Whereas anything that comes either from a zakhar in the cave or comes from the offer, that is Purvu. Okay. The, obvi- the obvious question is why? Oh, we just said by lice there's a mommy and a the, Right. Well, yeah. So Except for what? So, so, so seeing that there is a Purvu by them, right? I mean, they have to get together to create eggs. Right. So, so, so we're saying, so we're saying, not only, not only did Rav Yosef never bother to read the writings of Aristotle, right? But the Rambam, who was clearly a student of Aristotle and philosophy, and the more Nevuchim praises Aristotle, says that he reached the pinnacle of what of what human wisdom can reach. He also didn't bother to to, to, to read about to, to read the writings of Aristotle. And claim that lies come from sweat, as opposed to what Aristotle says that, 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 that they that they um, that they lay eggs. Right. right. I was, was going to ask. So the empirical approach of Aristotle was, if I'm not mistaken, he said that if, if I'm able to perceive something, then it exists. If I cannot see something, that it doesn't exist. Right. So 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 if he perceives the lies. Right, so there is existence to the rice. And why? So are, are, were Chachamim opposed to that principle? So let's take a look. Okay. So, um, so, we asked, we, we, so, we, so we asked a question before. What about plants? Do plants not reproduce? Do, 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 do plants receive the bracha of Puri of Arivia? Plants, many, many plants need also a tati plant and a mommy plant. The tati plant has to pollinate the mommy plant. Pollination is basically zera seed that is pollinating the, the the mommy plant, and that's what makes the little little seeds. And then you know those fall into the ground, and they make the next generation of plants. So, so why does the pasuk never never 
uh, tell us that, that they were blessed with with uh, with, you know, with Puruvu. What is this? What is this? Uh, what was going on with the plants? And the other question we asked is, why is it called a bracha according to the Ramban? Why is it called a blessing? So seemingly we already answered that question, because we said that there's three four, three levels of how alive something can be as pertaining to whether you can kill it on Shabbos or not. One level is it, could, it has an ashama. A higher level than that is Puruvu. Why is Puruvu a higher level of life? Where you had an answer for that? Why is it a higher level of life? Why is being Puruvu considered a higher level of life than just something that, although it's alive, it has an ashama, but, it, but it's not Puruvu? It's, it can produce life. The, the ability to produce life, that's an unbelievable thing. Meaning, it's one thing to have enough life that suffices for yourself, that you're able to live yourself, right? It's a whole other level to be infused with so much life that you're spilling over, that you're, that you're capable of generating more life. Now let me ask you a question. What if you can't generate your own life unless you get outside help? What if you, together with a, a, a scientist... What if you could make something, but the thing itself cannot become uh, next generation? But if you put it into an incubator, then it could. Or I, may, I can make a seed, the seed will never become a tree. But if I plant it into the ground, and with everything that's happening in the ground, then it'll become a tree. Is, is, that, is that called that I can make life? Again, trees are not alive. But, but, but the point is that being alive means that I have the power inside of me that I can make the next generation. If, 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 if something cannot do that, unless it's in the middle of, de- of decay, decomposition, sweat, all this, this type of a situation which is, which is oozing itself with the substance of life, right? which basically, that I- imagine if there, was a, if there was a woman, she doesn't have a uterus. She can't carry a baby. The type of women, they, cannot, they don't have a uterus. They can't carry babies. But, they do generate the little egg, right? They generate the egg, but then you quickly grab that egg before it falls to the ground, and and, and you put it into an incubator, and inside the incubator you, you grow a little baby. Is that is that what is that woman empowered with the with the ability of Puravu? That type of woman? No. Puravu means that you have the ability to take the thing from start to finish, make a living baby. That's Puravu. Make make the next generation. So a flea can do that. A flea drops its egg. The egg comes out. Then there's a little larva and it's alive. And then it can go and hunt and get food. It doesn't need anybody else. Now, of course, if you, you know, put it into the freezer or whatever, you, you kill it. But, but under normal circumstances, you, you can have fleas anywhere. You don't need to have a mommy and tati flea? You do. So that's already too that's what we're explaining, but it's not sufficient. If it's but but with lice, not only do you need to have a mommy and tati, right? But the mommy and tati themselves cannot make babies, because if you put a mommy and a tati louse into a petri dish, they will not be able to make babies. They need, in addition to that, they need the zaya, they need the sweat, they need the heat and the moisture, and and everything that's happening in there. The, the clutter, you know, the stuff, the stuffed up with the bacteria and everything else that's happening there, that's like the little incubator 
for that egg to go to maturity. Otherwise, the egg will not mature. So that means that the louse itself is not empowered. It doesn't have the bracha of purity of Arivia. It doesn't have the ability to make the, to, to make the next generation all by itself. Yeah, there's a, there's a, it needs a misayesh, yesh mamash. It needs something else. To the point that we could consider it, maybe we could consider it the other way around. If, you, it takes two to, if it takes two things to make the next generation louse, uh, lice, it takes the egg, and also takes the sweat. So, so let me ask you a question. So, so you had the, the, the quote-unquote parents of the egg, meaning you got the lice that are making the egg, and you got the sweat. So who is making the next generation? The combination. The combination. But, but, so, but you could call that, they come from sweat. Pruravu is that they do it themselves. And they're not doing it themselves, and it means that they're just producing some stuff which which will not live. But the sweat makes the thing come out, so it comes from sweat. For example, if someone said to you, you you come from your mother, you're born from your mother, no, I come from my father. Well, true to a certain extent, right? But what the father gave is not enough. The father put the zera. But, but the kark, but, 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 but the, the fertile soil is the mother. She's the one, that's where the baby became, so it's called the mother made it. So here the mother is the sweat. The mother of the, of the baby louse that's born is the sweat. So now, now the shaklavatari between Rav Yosef and Abaye becomes very good. What's the shaklavatari? Of course they all understood the Mitzis. They, they read their Aristotle's books, they observed in their children's hair. That's not, that's not the question. Rav Yosef says, I'm telling you, they don't reproduce. And he explained to Abayah why. They, this, they come from Zaya. Abayah says, one second. But Chazal called it Beit Sekinim. We have earlier statements from Chachamim that they referred to them as Beit Sekinim, which means that they, they identified it, they viewed it, that the Laos does enough to be called the Mami. These are called the babies of kingdom. So that means that Chazal are telling you that we should view this that the Laos does reproduce. Meaning to say, the Machlekas they're having is not the Metzius. Everybody knew the Metzius. The Machlekas they're having is how should we view it? This complicated interaction where of course there is a male and female Laos and, and, and the female lays eggs after, the, after procreation. But then the egg needs to incubate inside of sweat. How do we view it? Do we view this as the product of the, of the lice? Or do we view this as a product of the sweat? Rav Yosef says, I view it as a product of the sweat. Abai says, but what do you mean? But Rav called it Beit Sekinim. So that means he viewed it as a product of the lice. Rav Yosef says, no, 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 that's just a name for something else. That's, there's a different species of bugs called Beit Sekinim. I, but the Baraisa called it as the pride of, of, of lice? No, no, no. That, that's something else. That, that's just that's a different species of bugs called called basic kingdom. But so 